0: Now we're looking at uh, Isaiah, the gospel according to Isaiah, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43. I'm telling the message from this bold statement that's not made once but many times in the book of Isaiah. In chapter 43, verse 1, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, He that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Fear not. Again in verse 5. Fear not, for I am with thee. I'll bring thy seed from the east, and I will gather thee from the west. Fear not. Fear not. Now, many times the Lord says through this prophet Isaiah and declares unto his people, his people that he made, that he chose. He says unto them repeatedly, fear not. Now take your Bible and let's look at a few places here in Isaiah. Isaiah 35, turn over there. Isaiah 35, verse 3. Isaiah 35, 3. Strengthen ye the weak hands... Confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart. Be strong. Fear not. Behold your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Fear not. Now one of my favorite verses. In all of the book of Isaiah. I have a lot of favorite verses. But chapter 41 verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Maybe you want to mark this in your Bible and look at it often. Verse 10, Isaiah 41. Fear thou not, I'm with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now that's pretty comprehensive, isn't it? Fear not. Fear not. Again in this same chapter, Isaiah 41, look at verse 13. For I am the Lord thy God, for I the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not. Remember when you were a little boy and you would walk along your daddy, by your daddy. I used to try to walk in his footsteps as he'd walk to work. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't match his footstep. But he'd take me by the hand. And I'd grasp his hand and I wasn't afraid of anything. Dad was holding me by the hand. And that's, that's the picture here. Fear not. I will help thee. I will hold thee. The right hand of my righteousness. Fear not, verse 14. Thou worm, Jacob... Jacob's a worm. Sinner. That word there, worm. You know what it means? Maggot. Maggot. Ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord. Thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Fear not. Fear not. Again, in Isaiah 44. Turn over there, Isaiah 44. Why would he tell us repeatedly to fear not, to fear not? To fear not, because we are so weak and frail. Isaiah 44, verse 1. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, which is another name for Israel, whom I have chosen. I will pour water upon thee, on him that is thirsty, floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, my blessing upon thy offspring. Fear not. Fear not, O Israel. Turn over a few more pages. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, verse 4. Fear not. For thou shalt not be ashamed. Remember what Paul said? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For I know whom I have believed. The power of God and the salvation. Neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. And shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. For thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Now back to Isaiah 43. Turn back over there. Now, this does not mean that we do not fear the Lord, just the opposite. For the beginning of godly wisdom is to fear and honor and worship the Lord. But because we believe the Lord, honor the Lord, and worship Him, and reverence His holy name, and trust Him, we have no need to fear anything else. We love Him, believe Him, and trust Him. No need to fear anyone or anything else. Now, preacher. Well, that's easy to say. Yeah, it's easy to say. But it's a horse of another color to actually do, not fear. You see, it's a matter of precious, it's a matter of precious gift. It's easy to say, but it's a matter of precious heart faith, the gift of faith, that we desire such things in our heart not to fear. Not to fear. The believer resting in the Lord Jesus Christ has no need to fear. Now several things here. No need to fear sin. I'm a sinner. I can say with Paul, oh wretched man that I am. We have no need to fear our sin because the Lord Jesus Christ appeared once in the end of the age to put away our sin by the sacrifice of himself. We have no need to fear death. The Lord Jesus Christ conquered it for us. He said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. I have the keys of hell and death. The Lord Jesus Christ, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Because I live, you shall live. The believer resting in the Lord Jesus Christ has no need to fear sin, death, hell, or judgment. 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 You see the Lord Jesus Christ took our judgment didn't he. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ. No need to fear of judgment. He's going to present us before God. Holy unblameable unreprovable in God's sight. No need to fear. We have an advocate with the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ. No need to fear Satan. He is a defeated foe. The Lord Jesus Christ. The seed of woman. Crushed his dominion. Crushed his head. Colossians 2.15 says. The Lord Jesus Christ. spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. Triumphing over them. himself. He is the triumphant one. And in Christ. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thanks be to God who's given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now from Isaiah 43. Let's look at what the Lord teaches us here. And let us by his grace learn not to fear. Look what it says. Verse 1. Fear not. For. Now he gives us some valid reasons why we're not to fear. Fear not. Fear not. Because the word there can be rendered. Fear not because you're a good boy. You, you, you lived a good life. Now if you trust those things you need to fear. But he says fear not because I've redeemed thee. I've called thee by thy name. You're mine. You belong to me. Now seven things I want to point out here. Reasons that believers have no need to fear. Verse 1 and verse 7 says, we are his people. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, i called you, you are mine. Again, look in verse 7. For everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have Made him, I have formed him. The point I'm making is this, we are his people. We are his people. Hold your place here and turn to one of my favorite psalms. I have 150 favorite psalms and this is one of them, Psalm 100. We are his people. We are called the sheep of his pasture and the people of his hand. Psalm 100 Verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be ye thankful unto him and bless his name. We are his people. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Truth never changes. The Lord said, I am The Lord, I change not. You see, the Lord formed us, created us, and made us by his sovereign choice. He chose us. Remember our Lord said in John 15, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I chose you. Look in this same chapter, Isaiah 43, look at verse 15. I am the Lord your God The creator of Israel. I am your king. I am what I am. By the grace of God. Down in verse 21. Isaiah 43. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my glory. You see we can say with the apostle Paul. I am what I am. By his grace. Everything I know he taught me. Everything I have he gave me. Everything I ever will be is by his grace. He formed us. He made us. We belong to him. He chose us. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. We call that the Bible doctrine of election. It's all through the word of God. God passed by all those other nations, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and God set his heart on Israel. He sovereignly chose that nation. And that is a picture of what God does with his spiritual Israel. You didn't choose me, I chose you. We belong to him. He chose us in that eternal covenant of grace, and he chose us before the foundation of the world. Whenever you read about the doctrine of election in the Word of God, you know what you find right close to it? The doctrine of praise and thanksgiving. For example, we are bound to give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you unto salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth whereunto he called you by our gospel. We belong to him. He bought us. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Notice verse 1 again. He said, O oh, Jacob... And he that formed thee, O Israel. Talking about the same person. You remember we read a moment ago, O thou worm, Jacob. You see, by nature, we're just like Jacob. Sinful. His name, Jacob, means supplanter and cheater, conniver, swindler. And that's all of us by nature. But one day, Jacob met God. And God changed his name to Israel. Genesis 32, read about it. And that's what God does for us in regenerating mercy and regenerating grace. The Lord finds us in the pit of sin, raises us from the dead, makes us objects of his love and propies of his grace. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. But God, who was rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us even when we were sons just like Jacob. And he made us objects of his love and made us kings and priests unto our God. And it's all of grace. Jacob would never tell you, well, I changed myself into Israel. You go back and read Genesis 32. God changed. God changed. Jacob God made him a new creature in Christ and that's what happens in regeneration he said fear not I've created you I've formed you you belong to me the second thing he says here in uh, verse 1 Isaiah 43 he says I have redeemed thee I have redeemed thee now the word has a meaning of deliverance He's delivered us. In Romans eleven twenty six. 26, the Lord Jesus Christ is called with a capital D, the Deliverer. He is the Redeemer. He is the kinsman Redeemer who is able to deliver us, who is able to redeem us from most of our sin. Thank God it doesn't say that. He's able to redeem us and save us from all our sin. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. You see, the Lord said, fear not, for I've taken care of a sin problem. I've redeemed you. I put away your sin. Now, it's a particular, notice it says, I redeemed thee. Now, if you go back and look at the old nation, Israel, the only nation that had a high priest, a mercy seat and an atonement, blood atonement on the mercy seat was Israel. The rest of the nation all the other ites were left to their own devices of idolatry. Only Israel had the high priest with a blood atonement and that high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year representing who? The twelve tribes. And that's a picture of particular, definite, particular redemption, definite atonement. That is, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't die for all of the sins of all men everywhere ever, without exception. That's not taught in this book. But he did redeem his people effectually with his own blood. He said, I redeemed thee. Would you have a Savior who made an atonement for sin and tried to save some folks and yet some of them perish? What kind of Savior is that? Well, I can, I, can give, I can do that on my own. I mean, I can try to put away my sin and perish anyway. But thank God we have a Redeemer who really redeems, who's successful in all of his endeavor, who has an effectual atonement to put away all the sin of God's covenant people. The Lord Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, our kinsman Redeemer in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. We are redeemed and bought and paid for with his precious blood. Now his precious blood is not wasted blood. We're not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of that blood shed in vain. Is there some for whom the Lord Jesus Christ died that will perish? No, sir. He said, all that those, all those given to me in the covenant of grace, they'll come to me and I will in no wise cast them out. I'll raise them up every one at the last day. God bought us with his own blood. Turn over to Isaiah 44, talking about this redemption, how the Lord puts away our sin as far as the east is from the west. He said their sin and their iniquity will I remember no more. Isaiah 44, look at verse 21. Remember these, O Jacob and Israel. Thou art my servant, I formed thee, thou art my servant. O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, because I have redeemed thee. Sing, O you heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Who did it? There's a track out on the table out there entitled, Do or Done. Salvation is not something you do. Salvation is something the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Sing, O heaven, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth in the singing, you mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob, and he glorified himself. In doing that, glorified himself in Israel. You see the bottom line of redemption is what? The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fear not for I have redeemed thee. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law being made the curse for us. The Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest entered in once into the holy place having obtained pain eternal redemption for us with his own blood. The blood of Jesus Christ God's son cleanses us from all our sin. Now, do you need to fear your sin? Fear not, I put away thy sin. Not only that, the third thing he mentions here in verse 1 of Isaiah 43, I have called thee by thy name. You're mine. Now, if God chose you and Christ redeemed you, he'll call you by his grace. And he'll call you with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've called thee, notice it says, I've called thee by name. When the Lord Jesus Christ stood before the tomb of Lazarus, who'd been dead four days, he didn't say, oh, everyone in the graveyard come forth. If he did, they would have all come forth. But he called one man by name because he knew him. Lazarus come forth. And he that was dead came forth. I've called thee by name. You're my children. We've studied in John chapter 10. The Lord knows his sheep by name. Remember? And then in 2 Timothy chapter 2. The foundation of God standeth sure having a seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. The Lord knows his sheep by name. He's personally Intimately acquainted with all of his sheep. And he calls them out of darkness into his marvelous life by his grace. Now, how long has the Lord known his elect? How long has the Lord known his people? He knew us long before we ever knew him in everlasting covenant mercies, in everlasting covenant grace. I'll give you a good scripture for that. Jeremiah 1: Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee to be a prophet of God. How long has God known his people? From everlasting. Everlasting. And he calls us with the gospel. He'll cross our path with the gospel. The gospel of God concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation, the gospel that the power of God and the salvation, and He'll call out His people. I have called thee by thy name. You see, you're mine. You're mine. You belong to the Lord. This call is a personal call. We read about Matthew being called. The Lord said, Matthew, follow me. He said to Zacchaeus. Remember. Up the tree, Zacchaeus, like make haste and come down. For today, I must abide at thy house. It's a personal call. It's a powerful call, isn't it? Powerful call. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. You see, it's a call of God. This is not the call of the preacher inviting you down front. <laughs> that's that's not the call we're talking about here. He talked about the irresistible, effectual calling of God is called a high calling. It's called a holy calling. It's called a heavenly calling. It's a calling that will be answered by the sinner. God does not call in vain. It's a powerful call. It's a penetrating, piercing call to the heart of the sinner. Come forth. And it's a producing call as well. God who saved us and called us with a holy calling Not according to our works, but according to God's own purpose and grace given us in Christ before the foundation of the world. You see what he's saying here? He's He's building a very strong foundation for us to rest upon that we need not fear. I made you. You're mine. I've redeemed you and I've called you. Now, don't fear. Now, you reckon he's going to leave us? <clears throat> Look at verse 2. He says, fear not, I am with thee. Verse 5. Fear not, I am with thee. I am with thee. Again, verse 2. When, not a question of if, in this life you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer I've overcome. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow thee. When you walk through the fiery trial, thou shalt not be burned, consumed, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee in the time of heartache, trouble, and trial, tribulation. Fear not. Fear not. I am with thee. The Lord said to Joshua, Upon the death of Moses. And here the mantle was laid on Joshua. And the Lord said unto him. As I was with Moses. I will be with you. Don't fear. Don't fear. What a comfort. We studied in Hebrews 13. The Lord said I will never. No never. No never. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. And then in Matthew 28, when the glorified, resurrected Lord, when he departed his disciples, he left them this promise. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. And remember this. Lo, behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. Someone might think, well, I don't feel his presence. He didn't ask you to feel his presence. He said, believe my word. I am with you always. I am that I am. I am with you always. When these precious trials of faith come, and they will come, Remember, it's the Lord who sends the trial for our good. But he also promised us grace for the trial. He said, my grace is sufficient. You remember what the Lord said to the Apostle Paul as that ship was coming apart? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I've overcome. I've overcome. These words have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In this world you shall have tribulation. Yeah, there's some waters, there's some rivers, there's some fires, there's some trials. But be of good cheer, I have overcome. I am with you, fear not. Now here's the fifth thing the Lord gives us here in verse 3. Verse 3, verse 11, and verse 15. I am, fear not, for... Or because I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. I'm your Savior. I'm your Savior. Again, in verse uh, 11, Isaiah 43, I, even I am the Lord. Beside me there is no Savior. He is, I love the way the Apostle Paul writes about the Lord Jesus Christ in Titus and 1st and 2nd Timothy. He's called God our Savior. I am the Savior. And again in verse 15, Isaiah 43, I am the Lord. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel. I'm your King. I'm your God. I'm your Savior. I'm your King. I'm your Lord. Fear not. Fear not, I am your Savior. It says in Isaiah 45, I'm the only just God and Savior beside me, there is no other. Look unto me and be ye saved. I am God beside me, there is no other. The Lord Jesus Christ is both our Savior and our God in one blessed person. Now think about that. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The one who is our Savior, who one who is sent of God to be our Savior, is none other than God himself in human flesh. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Fear not, I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One. I am your Savior. The Lord will spare no expense to save his people out of harm's way. He destroyed Egypt, Ethiopia, and Seba of old for the benefit of Israel of old. These nations who were enemies were destroyed that the Lord might deliver his own. When Israel crossed Jordan, after 40 years of wandering, when they crossed over Jordan and took the land promised to Abraham, promised to the people of God, the Lord defeated, it says, seven nations in that land. And the Lord gave them the land. He's our Savior. How much more true concerning the Lord's own people of His choice, His church, His bride whom he loved whom he has chosen look at verse 4 since thou was precious in my sight god's people are precious in his sight to you who believe the gospel of the lord jesus christ is precious to us but let us never forget we are precious to him in his sight while it is true the sheep have no value in themselves, we're sinners, deserving of no mercy. We can say with Jacob, Lord, we're not worthy of the least of thy mercies. But the sheep of Christ are valuable to him. He chose them. He loved them. You remember he said in John chapter 10, I laid down my life for the sheep. Not only are they precious in his sight, look at verse 4 again. God's people, the ones he has created and formed, redeemed and called, they belong to him, they're his property, they're precious in his sight. He said, thou hast been honorable. You see that word? Honorable in his sight. Again, not in themselves, we're sinners guilty before God, but through Christ he has made us by nature what we are not. Honorable. How's he done this? We're accepted in the beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. You see, God sees his people in Christ, honorable and precious to him. And we're presented to God that way right now. Holy, unblameable, unreprovable in God's sight. We are precious to him. Honorable and redeemed. And then it says this in verse 4. I've loved thee. I have loved thee. Now the love of God is not universal. God doesn't love all men everywhere without exception. That's just not so. He said, I redeem thee. He said, I loved thee. This is what we call sovereign love. Sovereign. Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I loved less? That's not what it says. Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I hated? Now, it's easy to see why God would despise Esau, but what the miracle of the gospel is, how God could love Jacob, and how God could deal with Jacob in mercy. And that's the answer to that is only in Christ and through Christ. Love forever. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. He loved his own from everlasting. He loved us with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, he draws us to himself. The Lord loves us sovereignly in Christ and nothing. Read Romans chapter eight. It says nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. There's no condemnation in him, and there's no separation. God doesn't love us one day, and then we mess up, and then he stops loving us. Wouldn't that be a a horrible thing, wouldn't it? He loved his people with an everlasting love. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and that he sent his son to be our sacrifice for our sin. Fear not, you're precious in God's sight. You're honorable in his sight. You're loved of God in Christ. Here's the sixth thing. In verse 5. In verse 6. He said, I'll bring thee. Fear not, I am with thee. I'll bring thy seed. Sons of God from the east. Gather thee from the west. I'll say to the north, give up to the south. Keep not back. Bring my sons from far. My daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone that is called by my name. I've created him for my glory. I've formed him, yea, I have made him. Fear not. God said, I'll bring thy seed. I will gather thee to myself. Galatians chapter 3 says this. If ye be Christ... Then are he Abraham's seed, spiritual seed, and heirs according to his promise. We are sons of God, children of God by his grace. First John 3 said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. What are we by nature? Children of wrath, even as others? What are we by his grace? He's made us sons of God. He's adopted us into his family and has loved us with an everlasting love. Fear not. I will bring thee. I'll gather. My people. The Lord will not lose one of his sheep for whom he died. Now I say that all the time. You know why I say that? Because that's what I read. Let's turn and read that one more time. John chapter 6. He said, I give my sheep eternal life and they'll never perish. In John chapter 6, look at verse 37. I will gather my sheep. I will bring my sheep. The Lord will not lose one of his children. John six thirty-seven. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. All those given to him. What's he talking about? Those given to him in that electing love, in that covenant of grace. Chosen of God before the foundation of the world. All the Father had given to me shall come to me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. Verse 39. That of all which he had given me I should lose nothing but raise it up again at the last day. This is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I'll raise him up at the last day. No sheep for whom the Lord Jesus Christ died will perish Christ suffered for our sins one time the just for the unjust that he might bring us unto God now here's the last one verse 7 reasons not do not fear fear not fear not fear not everyone that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory I have formed him Yea, I have made him. Fear not. I've redeemed you. I've called you. I saved you. And everything I did, underscore this phrase right here, for my glory. For my glory. That's the bottom line. And all that God does is his glory. The grand design of redemption is his glory. Sometime read Ephesians chapter 1 very carefully. When it talks about the Father choosing a people and giving them to Christ, it says, to the praise of the glory of His grace. When it talks about in verse 7, down through verse 11 or 12, when it talks about in whom the Son redeemed, all to the praise of His glory. And then when it talks about the work of God the Holy Spirit, in quickening, sealing, preserving, all to the praise of His glory. You see, everything God does is for His glory, to the praise and the glory of His grace. Turn back to Isaiah 44 one more time. Isaiah 44, verse 23. Sing, O you heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth, break forth into singing, you mountains, O forth, and every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob glorified himself, glorified himself. No wonder the song of the redeemed throughout all the ages of eternity will be worthy as a lamb that was slain, who redeemed us to God by his blood, worthy as a lamb that was slain to receive all honor, glory, and blessing, both now and forever. You see, this is exactly what saving faith does that glorifies Christ. Romans chapter 4 said, He that staggered, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded for all that God had promised, he's able to perform. God help us to glory only in Christ now and forever. And God help us to trust him, honor him, and worship him, and believe him, and fear not. Fear not. Fear not. I am with thee. I'm with thee. I want you to look at one more place, and I'll let you go. One more place if I can find it. Look at Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Verse 48. Verse 49 says in Mark 6, He sent them away, and he departed into a mountain to pray. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sent them away in a ship, and he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary about the fourth watch of the night. He cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea... They supposed it had been a spirit and they cried out. For they all saw him, verse 50, and were troubled, fearful. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, be of good cheer. Now underscore this. It is I. It is I. Be not afraid. And he went up. Unto them in the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, It is I, be not afraid, fear not, God help us.